And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. We're about to open up soon. I just sense it coming. I feel it coming. And when that happens, Clean Cuts. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Ready to get the beard all fixed up again. Ready to get a haircut all over again. All that fun stuff, right? But, again, huge shouts to Skip and the crew because they hold us down as well as we hold them down. Huge supporters of everything we do here at the On Blast Podcast Network. So a huge shout out to Skip and the crew for sure. But I'd like to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast wherever you happen to be watching. Whether you are watching this podcast live on YouTube at Sheldon Alexander or on Twitch on Blast Podcast or on Twitter, which you can find us on Twitter at Shell Alexander. We got you covered after each and every Toronto Raptors game as I managed to, you know, try to do the audio, try to do the camera stuff, set up all the feeds and my Instagram feed. I can see it. It's coming. It's going. It's not really working. Instagram people, if you can hear me, I'll just put the link in bio so that you guys can get directly to the feed that's on YouTube, because I don't know what's going on. It keeps showing me my feed on Instagram is is paused, but everything else seems to be working. I mean, seems to be working, so I don't know. But hey, we'll keep things going, and I think the stream will come up accordingly. It will work accordingly, shortly. Uh, but this is a Wrap It Up podcast here. As you know, if you're if you've been watching this pod for a while, this is a one-man operation we got going here unpolished and unapologetic here at the on blast podcast network but still giving you the goodness after each and every toronto raptors game so first uh, first things first what a crazy night for the toronto raptors what a crazy night because if you think about it when the news comes down earlier on in the day that nick nurse and five other coaches have been placed on the covid health and safety protocol list You're kind of thinking, wait, what? And what does this mean for the players? I hope they're okay. I hope everyone's health is okay, first and foremost. Like, who cares about the game? You hope everyone's okay. And then as you the the focus shifts and you find out, okay, well, the players are okay. This is more of a precautionary thing. And then it's, okay, well, who's going to coach? Luckily for the Raptors, they're able to sort things out. And Sergio Scariolo is able to coach. And it's only because he was off coaching... Uh, he was off on assignment doing because uh, he also coaches for the Spanish national team. So he was able to come in because he was just coming back from that and was currently on quarantine himself, just got off of quarantine and was available to be the head coach for tonight's game. Lots of people were joking around. Twitter was really funny uh, during the afternoon, just talking about how maybe they need to get Drake. Um, obviously, everyone was talking about Kyle. Maybe Kyle was available. I don't know. But bottom line. I think it was funny that at the end of the day, Kyle Lowry wasn't the actual coach, but I think it was hilarious that at the end of the day, Kyle Lowry led the team to victory in this game, led the Raptors back to 500 as they now sit with a record of 17 and 17 after a 122 to 111 win over the Houston Rockets. And I'm going to be honest here when I say something, the Houston Rockets 
are basically a D-League team. Or I guess it's a G-League now, my bad. That was not a, a really good performance. It just really wasn't. And the Houston, I was watching their team and I'm thinking the Raptors are a solid team in the NBA, right? But the Raptors, this isn't the same Raptors team with championship aspirations. Are the Raptors still a really, really good team? Yes. But at the end of the day, that Houston Rockets team looked horrible. Like just terrible. And I don't understand how, you know, everything that's gone on with them and you think trading Russ, you think trading James Harden, all that stuff. And their team just looked so bad. And I know they're missing Christian Wood, who's supposed to be a huge part of their team going forward for sure. So that's a massive, 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 massive loss for them. But I still wonder, what is their plan going forward? Is it to just tank? Because the boogie experiment was short-lived. They're going to let him go so they can play a bunch of their young players. But John Wall still seems to be okay. But at the end of the day, you look at the rest of their squad. There's not much there. What are they going to do with Oladipo? That doesn't seem to work. But I think they're just trying to accumulate as many assets as possible. But I don't know. It was an ugly, ugly game. And let's be honest. The Raptors just took care of business in a game that really, you know, it was ugly. It, I mean, plain and simple, it was just an ugly game. Let's let's keep it a buck here, which is what we try to do. And I know there's some people in the chat talking about Tim and Sid. I was posting earlier about that today because obviously that was something that was really big today for not only Raptors fans, Toronto sports media fans, Canadian sports fans, but also obviously for me as someone who worked on the show for a really long time. I'm going to talk about that at the end of this pod for sure, but we'll get through quickly and talk about what happened on this game. And in the meantime, send in your comments and questions. Instagram feed is down for some reason. I don't know why, but it's down. It's fine. That's why we got other streams, right? Um, So let's start with this game. And again, Kyle Lowry, we know he finished with the 16th triple double, which 16 triple-double as a Raptor. No other, like the rest of the franchise combined, has 13 triple-doubles. So Kyle in this game with 20 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Kyle Lowry in this game was 6 of 9 from the floor, which is crazy, crazy, crazy efficiency. And then also give him 11 rebounds and 10 assists and the fact that he was 4 of 5 from 3. I just think if you're Kyle Lowry and you're shooting the ball at that high of a clip, especially when, I mean, I mentioned the coaches being out and I don't think I mentioned that Pascal Siakam was out, which is weird for me to leave that out. But I think maybe because, I mean, poor guy didn't play in the fourth quarter of the last game. And then now this game comes up and at the end of the day, he's also on the COVID list safety protocols and and you know they talked about it Bobby Webster talked about it this afternoon and he mentioned that is very precautionary by the league right so negative tests came back but you got to proceed with caution if you're the NBA at this point because you don't want to have an outbreak throughout the team so it's much more important to make sure that everybody is safe and be on the safe side better to be safe than sorry as your moms would tell you as a kid right um but also bigged up Kyle in this game also got to give a shout out to Norm, who had 30 in this game. Raptors improved to 6-0. I got that from Sportsnet Stats. Shout out to my guys there. Raptors improved to 6-0 when, when Norm scores 30 points or more. Raptors just looking really good. Fred Van Fleet had 25 in this game, but I really want to focus in on Kyle Lowry. 
as his Instagram feed continues to like flirt on and off with me in front of my face. But I'll continue. I'll power through. Kyle Lowry to start this game, okay? Kyle Lowry and the Raptors in the first quarter were plus 15 in 11 minutes with Kyle, in the first half, pardon me, right? Yeah, in the first half. I'm reading this stat completely wrong. I'm, I'm like disheveled right now. I don't know. It was a long day. I'll say that much. But I'll power through here. Kyle Lowry, when he was on the court, this was early in the first half, plus 15 in 11 minutes. The Raptors without Kyle Lowry in his six minutes that he wasn't on the floor, minus nine. Lowry very early on had 11.3 rebounds and six assists. And the Raptors, again, when Kyle went out of the game, they really struggled. But it didn't really matter early because as much as they were struggling in that little short spurt, somehow, someway, the Rockets were even worse. And in that first half, again, Raptors at one point, had 11 field goals, and on those 11 field goals made, they had 11 assists. And if you go back to the Heat loss, we talked about how well the Heat did in that game with similar stats in which most of their field goals they were getting assists on. And that's just showing great ball movement. That's showing your team sharing the ball, sharing the rock. And you saw that from the Raptors throughout this game, especially early when they're trying to extend the lead and really put the the Rockets to bed here but in that second quarter the Raptors were just too much at that point the offense was just clicking at the half the Raptors led 67 to 59 Kyle had 14 7 and 4 at the half Norm had 16 and in the third quarter they really just extended the lead because the Rockets I mean while the Raptors started 5 of 5 in that second half the Rockets started 1 of 11 from the floor and 0 of 9 from 3. Brutal job and they didn't get much better. They only shot 18% in that quarter. The Houston Rockets I'm speaking of. Raptors led by 15 after 3 and you know, the Rockets came back kind of. They went on a 13-0 run to kind of make it seem close in the fourth quarter. This game was never really close. This game was never really interesting. This was just the Raptors taking care of business. And shouts to Kyle Lowry who said this in his post-game interview. And I mean, yes, the swearing is what's going to go viral because he said shit twice. That part's going to go viral. But what he was actually talking about, because uh, the question was regarding the fact that the Raptors didn't have a coach and Sergio steps in and you're without all your assistants. And, you know, I know most people don't understand the inner workings of kind of what everybody's job entails in that situation. But you got the head coach, obviously, who's worrying about the substitutions, right? He's worrying about the strategy. He's worrying about all the decision-making. But then you have other coaches who are focusing on different things. There's a coach who's keeping the score, who's keeping track of fouls. You got the coach who's worried about the offense. You got the other coach who's worried about the defense. You got your scouting coaches to work different matchups. Like, there's just different roles being played by all of those coaches. And when all of them are gone, that's going to be tough to adjust. And so Kyle Lowry... The part that should be going viral is how he's giving the rest of his team credit for their professionalism that they showed. Because that's just a professional performance for the Raps. You're missing one of your best players and your entire coaching staff just before the game starts. If you're playing against most teams in this league, chances are that's going to be a tough night for you and you're going to lose. Instead, the Raptors take care of business and win this game comfortably. And all I can say is Kyle Lowry is right. You got to give him credit. He is 
totally correct when he says they just showed how professional they were and being able to come back and not be phased by not having a coach and win this game. So again, Raptors win 122 to 111. They improved to 17 and 17 on the season, back to 500. The Rockets continue to struggle, struggle, struggle. But let's stick with the Raptors and keep things positive here. 20 points for Kyle Lowry, 10 assists, 11 rebounds. Again, 6 of 9 from the floor, 4 of 5 from 3. Norman Powell, I mentioned his 30-point night. 10 of 15 from the floor for Norman Powell, 4 of 8 from 3. Fred Van Vliet. This was a classic Freddy night that we've seen when he knows someone is out and he has to get to 20 plus points. He knows there's no Pascal. So the Raps are going to need buckets. And he comes up with 25 points. He takes 23 shots. But again, he just has to get to 20 points for the Raptors to have a chance to win a game. He does that. Would you want more efficiency? Sure. But at the end of the day, I know we get you know bombarded with all these stats. But at the end of the day, the most important stat is the Raptors won. And for them to win, Fred had to get to like 20 points. That's just the math of how this team works and how this team has to operate. And he's 5 of 11 from 3. Got to the free throw line, which was key. 8 of 8 from the free throw line for Fred. 6 of 6 for Norm. And 4 of 4 from Kyle. That's great efficiency right there. Right? 18 for 18 between the three of them. Your three high scorers in this game. And then add Bembry, who was 5 of 5 from the free throw line off the bench. That's just great efficiency from the Toronto Raptors. And Utah got some burn. <laughs> I was wonder—I was worried about Utah for a minute there. But it was good to see Utah get back into the game, right? Um, don't even need to mention what I'm alluding to there. Because, you know, my guys had a, a pretty tough run there. So I'm going to let that slide and just... Talk, focus on the positives here from your Toronto Raptors. So I'll go to the comments here on YouTube. Again, if you want to comment, you can do that on Twitter live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. We've got a feed up on Twitter live at Shell Alexander, a feed on YouTube, which you can find at Sheldon Alexander. And there's a feed on Twitch, which is at On Blast Podcast on the Twitch channel for sure. So Thank you guys definitely for rocking with me here on this the Wrap It Up podcast because I always try to say this, but this really is your podcast. We try to give you the the space to just discuss any and everything that you want to talk about involving your Toronto Raptors. And I think that part is really cool. I think that part is getting to grow this community and build this community and just have an open and honest dialogue. I'll never be here trying to, to, you know, cap for the team, right? But I'll try to be honest all the time. And let's get some comments here. I love reading the comments. Susan says, love this win. Messy at times, but got it done despite some adverse circumstances. Go Sergio and Lowry. He stays, I hope. Ooh, there were Kyle Lowry rumors floating earlier this week. And, you know, it was from a reputable reporter from the Philly Inquirer, Keith Pompey, longtime writer there. And he basically had sourced material. Who his sources are? I don't know. But he had sourced material talking about Kyle Lowry would be open to moving in a, in a deal that would send him to Philly. And 
you know, talked about how things that we've said on this pod in terms of at the end of the day, it'll be Kyle Lowry's decision. The Raptors aren't going to just trade Kyle Lowry. They're going to go to him and see what it is that he is interested in, what it is that he wants to do. And that's kind of the way that the Raps are going to play it. Now, Kyle Lowry's agent did some damage control quickly and, you know, did an interview in which said there's no validity to that story at all. And here, here's the thing, right? We don't know when the sources pop up. We don't know. We don't know anything. Let's let's keep it a buck. We don't really know the context of when these things were said. We don't know who my guy's sources are. Are they coming from the Philly side? You know, are the Raptors even aware of this? We know it's not coming from the Raptors side because they don't leak anything. But my point is, this is a an ongoing situation because the Raptors are now on a run where they're back at 500. They're right in the middle, smack dab of the Eastern Conference playoff race at this point. They're actually up to fourth right now. And you got to look at the the picture in the Eastern Conference and you got to say, what are the chances of Kyle Lowry or the Raptors wanting to trade Kyle Lowry to the Sixers, a team that they could conceivably be playing in the second round of the playoffs? I don't think that's likely. I, I don't. But if we were to go along with this trade talk, I'll say this. I'd be happy if they gave up Kyle Lowry and you get back Tyrese Maxey and make the rest of the money fit, however you got to make it fit, which is probably like Mike Scott and Danny Green, something like that. But if you're telling me that a key piece, if you're getting Tyrese, I'd rather have Tyrese Maxey than whatever the Sixers pick is going to be. But if you're telling me you can get Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers pick, I take that. I'm in on that. And then, of course, cap filler, as I'm saying, which would probably be Danny Green. Hey, maybe you could flip Danny Green to somewhere else. But either way, Tyrese Maxey would be an interesting piece that I would want if I'm the Raptors to even start this conversation with the Sixers. But again, in all likelihood, as long as the Raptors are playing well and they're in the middle to top part of the Eastern Conference playoff race, they're not trading Kyle Lowry to the Sixers. That to me would just seem like that would have to only be because Kyle really wants that to happen. And I don't know why he would want that to happen if there's a chance that the Raptors could be in the same spot as the Sixers, right? Like that just seems weird. Let's keep things going though. Uh, Scariolo had the squad doing a little Spanish. What is that? I don't even know what that was. But anyways, talking about the great passing the Raptors had, Aisha says, I was so sure we were going to get this game when things were significantly going wrong with the raps our players shine and win the game shouts to sergio his first win as a head coach yeah the main point there i think is really cool because there wasn't a lack of confidence i think from the fan base because we've seen this time in and time out where the raptors they've been dealing with adversity this whole season right they've had to move to a different country they've had to find homes in the middle of a pandemic in one of the COVID hotspots, let's be honest, and do all this while playing an NBA season. That's, I can't even, I was going to say insane, but like, that's just so much to deal with. And the fact that the Raptors are in the position that they're at now, I mean, it almost seems, and I'm knocking on wood here, right? Like what more can this team deal with and just show that they're able to still be one of the top organizations just show how great of an organization they have. So you got to give them credit for that, being able to battle. A uh, Glow Girl Smile says the IG live ended. 
uh, the, the IG live was just not working for whatever reason. I'm not sure, but it kept saying the feed was cutting in and out. Sorry guys, not on done on purpose, not done on purpose. Um, more comments next man up and coach up. Yeah. Nice win for sure. Keep things going. Dante says Sheldon's done with IG confirmed. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> someone says glad i have a youtube account so i can still chat hey i've been trying to tell people but i'm just saying i'm just saying the it's not a me issue it's an instagram issue my instagram live just wasn't working hopefully it'll be up next time though uh susan says john wolf oh i don't think he faked an injury no i mean i think he was he might have just you know I, I don't think someone who's dealt with a lot of injuries as of late, we can throw out that he's faking an injury. You just hope that's not the case, right? Mark B says, it's still so weird to see the Rockets at the state they're at now. No identity, rebuilding. Yeah, it's sad. That team looks like I've sent a text message to one of my, my friends saying, this team looks like a D-League team or a G-League team. Like in all seriousness, like they would be competing in the G-League. They look really bad. That... uh. A Raptors team could come out and just make easy work of them without Pascal Siakam and without their whole coaching staff. Wow. Uh, more comments, though. Kyle played a masterful game tonight. We need to keep him as long as he decides to play basketball. I think a lot of Raptors fans feel the same way, and they want to see Kyle Lowry stick around. They want to see Kyle Lowry you know, retire as a Raptor and he is the goat Raptor. That's just a role that he plays now for this team where, you know, when you look up and you think of the Toronto Raptors, you're going to think of Kyle Lowry in the NBA championship. It's just where this team's at right now. And that's a pretty cool thing. It's a pretty cool thing for sure. Uh, huge shout to the people here in the YouTube chat that keep the conversation alive, keep the conversation going. I'm going to read a string here cause we've got a bit of a thread. Um, Let's see. Nice to see Utah playing since that Anthony Edwards dunk. Uh, five players in double digits plus Aaron with nine. I mean, hey, okay, okay. Interesting. Uh, more comments. Norm is becoming very adept at pump faking to draw the foul. Now it reminds me of DeMar. <laughs> I mean, he had a front row seat to watch DeMar do it. And DeMar is one of the best in the league at doing that. So I find that super interesting as well. Uh, Glow Girl Smile. Norm is so in efficient. When he shoots, he has his feet planted. We all feel confident that he will score. I thought that was, that's very true. Norm, again, the Raptors, and I'm, I've been saying this because we need to pay attention to the next game that everybody is healthy. And by everybody, I mean Norm, Fred, Kyle, Pascal, and OG. I've been saying this. I need to see a game where they all play well. That's all I want to see. Figure out the rotation that somehow they can all get it cooking and they're all around that 15 to 20 spot. That's where the Raptors are going to be at their best when they're scoring as in unison. Ball movement is crazy. Everyone's getting involved. It's not just one guy getting 35, another guy getting 25, and then someone at, you know, in single digits. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. But again, thank you guys for tuning into this to wrap it up podcast. Apologies once again that the Instagram feed was down, but hey, that's why we have multiple feeds in multiple different places exactly for that reason. In case something goes down, we got you covered and we figure out a way to get it done 
because again, this is your show, Raptors fans. We try to just, you know, this is just a platform. I'm just a voice. I'm just the avenue to get your thoughts across because it's so important to support this team that is the Toronto Raptors. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to turn down the music for a bit because I forgot about something. I forgot about something. I'm not going yet. I'm not going yet. I totally forgot about something. I said that on this pod, I was going to talk about uh, the Tim and Sid show. And there's a comment here. Uh, let me see if I could find it because I remember seeing it here. Uh, yeah, there's a comment that says, uh, paying homage. I saw the pick, your pick on IG, paying homage to Sid leaving Tim and Sid. Um, yeah. So for those who don't know, if you're new to the pod or whatever, I've been, I've been working on the Tim and Sid show for, since it launched about five and a half years ago. Um, I also used to work with them for a bit back at the score, the score days. And so those two dudes are my OGs. Right, like plain and simple. Um, I learned so much from those two guys. I've grew up watching those guys. I wanted to work at the score because of those guys without even knowing it, like just watching the score and feeling the vibe and the energy that the score brought, and then getting there and seeing those guys. Like it's been those guys in terms of my career, in terms of my life, have been major, major parts of it. And so to see that show come to an end and it's going to continue, right? Like Timmy's going forward to do the show in that same time slot, uh, going forward. But Sid is going to do breakfast television here in Toronto and nationally. And, uh, for me, like, I mean, (laughs) getting to watch these guys on a daily basis and see just how they operate or how they're able to maneuver, through this industry and just create great content on a day-to-day basis with just chemistry, sports knowledge, and hard work. It's incredible and it's completely inspiring and, you know, huge shouts to those dudes. And there's another side to it that I kind of want to talk about. Um, but before I get there, I see Anne in the chat saying that I'm officially trying to shut down Instagram, which is not true. Again, I... <laughs> Instagram, the the feed, it just went down. It's not my fault, not my doing. But there's something else I wanted to read on here in regards to Tim and Sid, because everyone's going to talk about, and listen, there's no doubt about this at all, right? Um, In terms of those guys were, had the best highlight show back in the day on the score. Hands down, nobody could tell me differently, right? Those guys had obviously a great podcast. Those guys were the first ones in Canadian sports media to have that, you know, sports debate afternoon show. Those guys have been innovating and pushing barriers and changing the game for their entire careers. Just in the way that sports talk was done or sports in general from a media perspective were done in this country. And everyone today is going to talk happily and they should be talking about all the great moments, all the best interviews, all that fun stuff. And I get it and I totally understand it and they should be getting all the praise for that. And it hit me today before I went into work on my last, you know, my last day working on the show. It hit me today that there's another side of this that I wanted to share with people because, because I think it's really important. Um, I think it's really important as well because I think that what's going on in the world and what's gone on in the world over the past year has kind of forced a lot of narratives and a lot of things to become trendy and a lot of things to um, 
push a lot of conversations to the forefront. But I think it was very important for me as someone who got a front row seat and was lucky enough to have a small part in it to talk about these guys in a different light. And I'm going to struggle here to get through this, but I'm going to read kind of what I tweeted earlier because, um, yeah. So I'll never be fully able to articulate what Tim McAuliffe and Sid Sixero meant to my life. The reality is there aren't many people who look or sound like me behind the scenes in this industry. And I'll never take for granted the fact that they always encourage me to be me. They use their platforms to have difficult conversations well before it became the trend of the past year. They gave me the confidence to be able to pitch and execute any serious stories or whatever stupid Jay-Z lyrics I wanted to write into scripts. I totally get that some people won't exactly understand what I'm trying to say here, and that's okay, but I just want to get over the point that as someone who has struggled at times with being quote-unquote different in this industry, I wanted to publicly thank them for creating a space where someone like me could always thrive and feel welcomed. I don't take that for granted, because, I mean, as much as we try to highlight and I'm going to gather myself here, but as much as we try to highlight what's going on in a lot of industries, you know, like that's been put into the focus over the past year, there's obviously still a, a long ways to go. And I think that we need to do a good job of highlighting people that are already doing their part, that have already been on this wave, that are the real ones that always cared about that. And, you know, I... I'm blessed to be able to someone who was able to work with them and experience that. But I'm also blessed in the sense that I realize that I have to play a role in putting that out there and putting that forward and pushing the next wave. And oof, I got to watch them and learn under them. So I feel like I got to push that forward because that's what they did for me. And I'll always be thankful so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm trying to think, you know, how to articulate the reason why I'm struggling with this. And it's because people don't, you know, it's, it's tough to explain the moment. It's tough to explain, um, the opportunities. And, you know, there's a lot of people that struggle to get opportunities. And I was blessed to be able to have an opportunity, but I'm going to be frank with you guys and tell you if it wasn't for them, I don't know, or I don't think that I would have gotten those places or gotten those opportunities. So I'll forever be thankful. And yeah, man, I wish them well. I wish them success in everything that they do going forward. And I'm going to stop this podcast right now before I ugly cry like Sid. But just know that, you know, the reason, the reason I'm so emotional for it is because it means a lot to me. It really does. And I'll never be able to fully say it. So thank you. <laughs>